The Emotionally Uncomfortable Podcast is going live. Yes, you heard that correct. You can come ask your questions and get free live coaching. I'm going to be talking about all things attracting profit and parenting, which if you've been around for a while, profit equals time flexibility, emotional freedom, and all things money and wealth building. And of course, parenting. Come ask about why your kids do what they do, how to motivate your teens, and how you can become the adults they need. And the cool side effect is you can apply these principles to other relationships in your life, like your marriage, team building, and even your own parents. Head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live to check out the next live podcast recording dates and topics. That's heatherchauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. See you there. Why is my child so negative all the time? I will tell you why your child is so negative all the time. This is the number one thing I hear from a lot of parents of teens. And they're like, you know, I, I've, I've read all the books. I practice nonviolent communication. We have a very calm home. You know, we do the yoga, the meditation, the mindfulness. I'm doing all the work. Why is my child still negative? Here's, you want to know the answer? Because they're human. Because they're human. And your child is not you. Your child is not you. So what I want to say about this is too often when I am working with people or talking to them in general about parenting, especially teener, teeners, teeners, teenagehood, um, I get a lot of questions about what am I doing wrong? Why is my child so negative? And I'm like, why are you making this about you? There is a common misconception in modern society that our parenting or our children's behavior is a reflection of our bad parenting, air quotes, bad parents. And or bad parenting. And I think that statement is such bullshit. And we love to blame and to shame women for thinking they're not good enough. Like culturally, society does a really, really good job at that. Like they get five stars for shaming and blaming women and not making them feel like they're good enough. And if you want to get a woman at the Achilles heel of her, like, literal identity, just shame her as a mother. And so then we start taking responsibility for literally everything about our children, like what their actual poop looks like, um, what they wear, like how they treat other people. Is your parenting, like, does their behavior, is there a connection? A thousand percent. But we also have to remember we are two souls having a human experience, two different people having a different or having two different human experiences and the raging inappropriate codependency on identity is just mind blowing. And this is why 
when children fly the nest, most women have no sense of identity outside of mothering and motherhood and parenting in general, because they were taught culturally to not have an identity outside of motherhood. And so as your children age and you have less control over their behavior, and what I mean by that is, um, like you cannot predict what time they go to bed at night. You cannot predict what they eat all the time. They're out and about maybe for hours on end as teenagers doing their own thing, or maybe they start getting their license and your need to control their behavior becomes very apparent, which is why so many people struggle with the teen years because you have to let go. You have to let go and you have to trust. And like, it's a slow, slow process. And believe me, I'm practicing or I'm teaching you this. I'm coming from a place as a mother. Um, But it is incredibly important to understand that your child's um, emotions are not your emotions. And your child's behavior is not uh, your behavior. And that your child is a soul or spirit having a human experience. um, And so are you. And so I want you to think about this. Just think about how you were parented or your own parents. And if you wake up one day as an adult and you're having a bad day, are you blaming that on your parents in the sense of like, you know, I feel like shit today. This is a reflection of... Uh, my parents. And if that's your first thought, then we, you, we got a little work to do. But my point is you are, you're, you're having your own human experience. You're trying to figure out your own big emotions. You're trying to manage your own behavior. And, uh, is it impacted by how you were parented a hundred percent, but like you are responsible for the choices that you make. And that is part of the letting go as your children are getting older is, realizing that they are human. They're human. They're going to be their own personality, their own being. Um, and they're going to go out into the world and you as the adult, you as the parent, you're just the guide, you are the role model. And so we're shifting from the caregiver, right? Of like, here's a meal, put on your socks, put on your undies to being a spiritual guide for your children as they age. And so why is your child negative all the time? Your child is negative all the time because they have a negativity bias in the brain. Um, And so there's a negativity bias. And unless you become a cultural being, which takes time and, you know, consistency and awareness to shift your energy and attention from your negativity bias to how you want to feel, which is an advanced level skill, which is why I always advocate for parents to learn advanced emotional intelligence skills so that they can then be the role model and teach these skills to their children. And so we also have to understand that we are oftentimes the safety net for our children. And so the reason why they're projecting that negativity onto us is because We're their safe person. We're their sounding board. We're a place where most of the time they can feel vulnerable unless, you know, you have a different type of relationship with your children. And so they're just constantly dumping. Now, here's here's what I say is the messy middle and where you have to hold boundaries is we are oftentimes the punching bag for our children, but we don't have to be. We can teach our children positive coping strategies 
And we can communicate that in alignment with the relationship we want to have with our children. So example, child is angry. They're in their red zone. They're projecting onto you. And you're like, oh my God, I can't take this anymore. I can't be this kid's punching bag. I'm exhausted. You wait until they get back into their green zone. It might be a day or so. And you're like, hey, remember yesterday when you dumped all over me? And obviously this is for an older child. Um, I totally appreciate that you feel safe sharing all of this stuff with me, but I just want you to know I'm not going to take it. Like if you're angry, I want you to go for a rage walk. I want you to punch a pillow. I want you to do something else. Or what do you think you can do? And then you can come back to me, but I'm not going to be your punching bag anymore. That's not how we treat people that we care about. And I believe that holding that boundary and how we want to feel and really teaching our children um, how to process their own quote unquote negative behavior or negative emotions is so, so, so healthy in teaching children and our teens how to develop like positive coping strategies um, in their intimate relationships. Because if it's not with you, it's going to be with a partner in their future. And if they're learning to dump all of their shit onto their partner and the partner doesn't have the coping strategies as well, that's going to be a ragingly toxic um, cyclical relationship that they get in. So to back this up, um, your child's negative behavior or negative emotions Let's just pretend it has nothing to do with you. Like, don't take it so freaking personally. But if you're like, oh my gosh, this is because of me, like, you're going to have to deal with your own guilt around that. You got to do some old, your own healing around that. And, but just know there's two different people. Your child is learning that they're an independent person and they're going to have to learn to cope with their own behavior. So you still get to have boundaries. You still get to say, I see you. I hear you. You're having a bad day or a bad moment. Let me know what you need, but let's take a cool down time. And then we're going to come back to this conversation again and again and again and again until we've solved it because I refuse to allow you to treat me like this and vice versa. I don't want to be puking my negativity on you either. So let's create some healthy boundaries and kind of like code words with each other so that we're not doing this in the future. Now, boom, done. But let's look at the deeper problem. So I talk a lot about seeing our stuff, communicating in alignment with how we want to feel with our kids. But let's talk about our children in general. Let's have empathy. So just for a moment, and I know sometimes this is really difficult for people and emotionally uncomfortable because we're so enraged and we're so angry, but let's look at our kids through an empathetic lens. Let's close your eyes and I want you to visualize what your client, your child's current life experience is like and put yourself in their shoes just for a moment. So whether there's academic pressure, whether the fact that they live in a home that they probably have little to no control over, right? like the rules, they may or may not have any money that they can spend on their own. Everyone else, like you as the adult are dictating their lives, right? They have like a dictator in the sense of like where they go, what they do, when they come home, what they eat, what's available to them. And there's probably a lot of things going on that you're not even aware of. So maybe some conflicts with relationships, uh, like friendships or other relationships, um, how they feel about themselves inside and also hormonal stuff. Um, there's a lot of health things that go on with our teens that we're never aware of, which can just be actual disease in the sense of like 
they may be experiencing gut issues and they don't know how to communicate that because they don't have like the mind body connection. There may see, there may be some, um, neurodiversity and it's not that we need to get them labeled all the time. And honestly, maybe you do, and maybe intervention needs to happen. And that is a hundred percent. Okay. But we're shaming and blaming ourselves for everything because we feel a hundred percent responsible for these kids. But here's the point. You were just the guide and you have not failed at all, at all, at all, at all. Even if you feel like you have failed, their behavior is just indicating that there's an internal struggle and challenge. And for me as a parent, raising three boys who the oldest is almost 19, the middle is 14 and the youngest is 11. Uh, what I've learned over the years, especially as they get older and older and older, is that it's not about me taking less and less responsibility by their behavior. It's that um, I need to get out of my own way and really see and understand what is going on and see it from their lens. And so disruption is always going to be there. Negativity and emotional behavior is always going to be there, Right. Hey, can you clean your room? I don't want to clean my room. Cool. Let's co-create this together. Uh, can you get off the internet? Wi-Fi, we're shutting it off. Like every time we hold the boundary, there's going to be a disruption. There's going to be pushback. And we don't like that because we want to be liked. And when you want to be liked by your kids, unfortunately, you're not going to be liked by your kids, especially if you hold boundaries and you have a standard. And so we have to realize that negativity is part of being human. And our brains are designed to have a negativity bias to literally keep us safe. Like it's a primal way that our brain was designed to keep us safe. And so great, check. My child is human. My child is like working perfectly. But how do I cope with the big emotions that are being projected onto me? And then once you learn those coping strategies, we can see that you know, there might be some emotional regulation. It may be from neurodiversity. It may be from some health stuff that's going on. But just see the behavior as the behavior and say, let's advocate for this. Let's look into this. Let's go to many different types of healthcare practitioners and see what the through line is that we are kind of getting back to us, right? So oftentimes we just go to one healthcare practitioner and then we say what we take what they say as everything and we don't look into it further. And so when you're really trying to quote unquote diagnose a behavior as a parent and you're asking yourself, why is my child so negative? It could be because they're human. It could be because there is some neurodiversity and they're struggling in school it, or or not, or they're just having like an actual human emotion. It might be puberty. It may be hormone levels. It may be relationship stuff. It may be lack of emotional intelligence skills, like an actual life skill. But the number one thing to remember is our children are allowed to struggle. Our children are allowed to have human experiences. And that is part of the spiritual practice and the spiritual kind of like journey of being human. And I think as a parent, it is our job to guide our children, but we cannot do the work for them. And that's where I think we're failing as society. Let me know what you thought. Send me any additional follow-up questions, any aha moments that you had from today's episode. Head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash chat. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make 
green smoothies for a living. But I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving and you want to find out exactly where to focus and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes and it will change your life. I also, on the inside, show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E, quiz. 